Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. <laughs> Seven minutes after 11, South African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful morning. It's a beautiful uh, rainy drizzling here in Lanasia, my beloved listeners of Sirius uh, uh, FM and our beloved wonderful listeners of Markaza uh, Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Remember our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. International overseas listeners plus two seven eight four seven eight six three one three two plus two seven eight four seven eight six three one three two. Well, today is the eighteenth of uh, Juma del Ula fourteen forty four. I want to welcome the listeners of Sadi SFM, Haji Faisal Asmal, and Hafiz Yusuf Yusuf Asmal and Company. And I want to welcome our beloved, wonderful listeners of uh, Markaza Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah Wal Jamaa. Who said it's a beautiful morning here in Indonesia? Welcome to the bliss of marriage. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa arafat jazakallahu khayran. Somebody says here that uh, is it okay for a mother to be bitter uh, with her marital relationship and vent this on the child, especially if the child tries to help, even if it means going against the mother, anonymous Ustad. All praise due to Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Today is the 18th of Jumad Al-Ula 1444 Let's use this as a case study and see where we can help There is a couple and their marriage has turned sour It has become a stale marriage as they say The husband and wife are not really clicking and understanding one another and sometimes they argue, dispute, quarrel right in front of the children, and this has a detrimental impact, a negative impact on the children, on their self-confidence, and so forth and so on. Because when you have a happy home, then you will see the children are also positive. When you have a negative home, meaning that every day they are roused and ructions, then definitely that will impact, that will be unintended consequences on the children as well. But you must have, might have a son or a daughter 
who is, mashallah, mentally also matured, not only physically, but mentally matured. And then he goes or she goes to the parent, whether it be the father, mother, and she's telling them that do that what is best. And that's exactly what Quran is saying, was sulhu khair, reconciliation is the best. And that is chapter 4, verse 128. So we should always try, hamara kam our aim is to make the home, not to break the home. Or if that is what the girl is doing, or the daughter, the son, or the daughter are doing, so that is not only permissible, that is highly meritorious, highly recommended, and highly desirable. However, three things must be kept in mind. When you, O oh son, daughter, speak to your parent and so forth, it must be done with utmost respect. Even if they are wrong, don't raise your, you know, your temper and don't raise your language and all these type of things here, your emotions and all that. So remember, that will be unacceptable. Then it will be counterproductive. Second one, your intention must always be, you want your father, mother to reconcile and you can live in a peaceful home. Read two rakats Salah daily. Ya wadud, ya wadud. And third one, never try and tell the mother you are wrong and father is right with the intention to poison one another. So that is also not permissible. You tell the father the mother is wrong and he's right. So or if you tell him he's wrong and she's right, but the aim is to bring about a toxic relationship. So all that would not be acceptable. So we must take all these factors into consideration. Then we will say it is a wonderful, wonderful action that you are doing. La khaira fi kathirim min najwahum. Majority of the meetings and, you know, all these congresses they have and big, big meetings, there's no goodness in majority of them. Quran says, illa man amara bi sadaqatin. Except there where they are commanding you must give charity. Oh, ma'roof in a good deeds. Oh, islahim bain and nas. You bring about reconciliation amongst people. So therefore, it's a wonderful action, but keep your intention very pure, and then it will, inshallah, bring about positive results. Ustad, there's a brother wants to know that. <clears throat> Can uh, he take out life insurance on behalf of his children, Ustad, and wife? You want to make money when your wife dies and your children die. What is insurance? Insurance is every month you will pay 5000 10000 20000 And then when they die, you're going to collect 5 million, 20 million, 50 million. So all that extra excess is what? Is gambling, which is a haram. All that extra interest is interest, which is haram. Both these actions are haram according to Quran. Surah 22, Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, chapter 2, verses 275 to 279. Almighty Allah speaks about riba and interest. 
Oh, Almighty Allah has made business halal and made interest haram, absolutely haram. And if you don't listen, we still want to indulge and transact with interest, give her, take her, witness. Oh, we are the advocate, the lawyer, accountant. We are an active contracting party in that. So remember, Habib Almighty Allah states, فَإِلَّمْ تَفْعَلُوا Surah 2, verse 279. If you don't abstain and refrain, then you must be prepared remember for the war against Almighty Allah and the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam spoke about the mukilahu wa akilahu wa katibahu wa shahidahu the hadith is authentic mention in Muslim Sharif the person who's the buyer the person who's the seller the one who drew up the contract the scribe and the one who is the witness kulluhum all of them are an accomplice in this crime and all are equal so therefore life insurance totally out of the question you want because you see other people doing it so I went to Cape Town now so now when I was leaving the Jalsa one person told me Mufti same for me it's an Afrikaans tell me something African, so I looked at him and told him, Yen Mansa Dwart, as Anal Mansa Brut. So he laughed, you know, and so forth. So, therefore, what you're suggesting, totally haram, unacceptable. <clears throat> Somebody says, Ustad, after following the salah of each namaz, I've made it a compulsion to read Yanur and Yaqawiyu 11 times each and blow on rub, and rub on the fingers and rub on the eyes. Is this innovation or is this the practice of the pious elders? My marhum dead taught me this from very young. But I don't know why I'm doing this. And if it is correct practice, please tell me who started. Almighty Allah Jalla Wala informs us in the Noble Quran, chapter 7, so you know, Surah A'raf, Surah 7, chapter 7, verse 180, 180. So we'll call Almighty Allah, invoke Almighty Allah by His wonderful, beautiful names. Hadith mentioned in Bukhari Sharif, Man Hafidaha Dakhal al Jannah, who memorizes the 99 names of Allah Ta'ala, goes to paradise in Jannah. Mentioned in Tirmidhi Sharif, Man Ahswaha Dakhal al Jannah, whosoever he records it, he writes it down, he bayhats it, he looks in the kitab, in the book, so he also enters Jannah, but better to bayhat it, mashallah. So I gave you the Quranic verse and the Sunnah Mubarakah. Now we come to the third one. You read Ya Nuru, Ya Nuru, and you read Ya Qawiyu, Ya Qawiyu. So all that is permissible. But in your question, you say you have made it compulsory. If you take a non-Sunnah action, which remember <laughs> Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi did not do, he did not command any Sahabi or people to do so, and we bring it about, so we will say it is permissible. But once you start saying it's sunnah or it's compulsory, then it becomes a bid'ah and it becomes innovation and not permissible. So that is what you must realize, brother, what the way you pose the question, not permissible. Hmm. Somebody says you start, please do tell me about those spiteful men who refuse to give their wives talaq. They take a second wife for start. 
and they vow not to divorce the first, so she can't remarry. Anonymous Ustad. Remember that for all those men who take second, third, fourth wife, Almighty Allah has a very, very stern warning. Mustafa, Rahmatullah Alameen, Sallallahu Alaihi has a very strong and stern warning. Almighty Allah states in Surah 4, Surah Nisa, Chapter 4, Verse 3, فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا If you fear, you can't do justice. So that is you, the husband. Now you're thinking of second wife, third wife, fourth wife. If you can't do justice, and we know 80% of the men today, nowadays, they don't do justice. So remember, there's then all my states, فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا If you fear, you can't do justice. فَوَاحِدَا Then comply and stay with one wife only. So mm. this one issue. Second issue, the hadith in Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi, Mishkat, Shari, various compilations. Man kanat lahu imratan, when a person has two wives, wa ma'ala ila ihdahuma, and he is now favoring one over the other, the new one over the old one, the old one over the new one, whatever it is. Ja'a yawm al-qiyamah wa shikuhu saqit, and remember that that person will come on the day of justice, and his body anatomy will be bent towards one side. Allah ru'usil khala'ik, Allah ru'usil ashad, in front of every human being, he will be humiliated and disgraced. And we must remember this what they are threatening their wives, we're taking a second wife, and we will never give you a divorce. So if they are treating you badly, you go, you must remember to your jamiyats, local ulama, and you apply for a fasakh. Fasakh is annulment of marriage. Not petty, petty issues, bring serious, serious issues. And remember, then the ulama will have a court case between you and your husband, and when he is found guilty, they will request to, to request him there to divorce you. He's too stubborn, then, then the ulama will be, the tribunal will use their over you know, powers which they have over you in this sense, and then they will annul the marriage. That is called fasakh. That is what you must do if the husband is treating you, you know, totally unjust and is not fair and so forth and so on. So that is the way out and is acceptable and permissible in Islam. Mm. So somebody says, Ustad, I have four kids. My husband works, but he doesn't spend a cent in my house. Is this a ground for divorce, Ustad? If your husband is not giving you nafaka, not giving your children nafaka, whether it's one, two, three, four, five, whatever, so 100% that is ground for divorce, but you must speak to him and tell him when he married you, then all the expenses upon him, the shelter, the water lights, the medication, the food, the education, whatever it might be, so all that is upon him and not upon you. He's just sitting there on his laurels and playing with the TV, waiting for the World Cup and so forth and so on. So all that are haram activities. We must be clear. So your job, you have four children, must be jorna, try and reconcile. But if he's not listening and he expects you to be working and he lives like a parasite, then remember you can request a divorce as a last resort. And if he gives you the talaq, one, then one is one. If he gives you two, two is two. If he gives you three, is three. After three, you can't remarry, you can't reconcile. He, she has to go into idd, get married to somebody else, a proper marriage. 
nor all this hit and run business of one hour and one day and all that. So in those cases there, all parties are cursed by all Allah. The first husband, his family, the second husband and his family when they encourage them to do this type of things and this hadith is sahih and authentic and she will not be halal for the first husband if this is what happened. Second one, you must remember this, that people today, they don't want to pay nafaka and maintain the wives and all that. They just want to receive. So that is a grounds for fasakh 100%. So if he doesn't want to get a talaq, then you go to your ulama, the tribunal, and tell them that you want the fasakh and here's all the evidence for the past 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, he hasn't paid a cent to the house and so forth. But it is his responsibility and not your responsibility. <clears throat> Listen to this one, Ustad. Uh, I am a Nigerian brother living in Germany. Uh, my parents, they insist I marry a good, beautiful girl from my home village. I marry her, bring her here. No peace in my life. When I be working, she took out her hijab. Now she be running with the neighbor. I be finished. These women, they be the devil in disguise of angels. Ustad, Okay, yeah, there are three, four issues. Before I answer the question, let me make one, two announcements so you can understand where the world is on the precipice of disaster and catastrophe. If you look at the independent news, I sent it to our news team, and I'm sure maybe they carried it in the news. Germany, remember, says that you can have incest. So now... What they mean by that, the father can give his semen to his daughter and, you know, artificial insemination and so forth. The brother can give that semen of his to his sister and all that. By German law, all that is permissible. But physically, the father can't sleep with his daughter and the brother can't sleep with his sister and so forth. But if they just give the semen and then they fall pregnant or whatever, so all that is permissible. So can you see the double standards? And then they write there also that this law is outdated, meaning it must be changed, that they must allow the father to sleep with the daughter, the brother to sleep with the sister. Allah forbid, Allah forbid. This is what the Western media and the Western politicians, they call progress. You must remember that. So first they had homosexuality, then lesbianism, now transgender. The next one they will go to is incest. Remember that. They won't stop because they are ibadu shaitan. They are the slaves of Lucifer and not of all Allah as far as they are concerned. They can practice on whatever they want to a dunya sijnul mu'min wa jannatul kafir the dunya remember is the prison and the dungeon for the believer but for the non-muslim remember it is his jannah and his paradise he'll get the maximum optimum reward ye in this world and in a year after there is no shape for him so we need to be very very clear on all these type of issues here Next one here regarding this. Now you, my brother from Nigeria, you are in Germany. Now your parents said, no, you can't marry the white, white lady there in Munich or there in Heidelberg or there, you know, in whichever place you are in. So in Germany. 
but you must take a lady from Nigeria. So you came back, you came back to Lagos, you came back to wherever in Nigeria, and now the lady, she saw the lot of freedom here. So she left the hijab, now she's busy according to you with a neighbor, her salat, everything is gone and so forth. So you must start ta'aleem in your house, my brother. Take Riyadu Salihin and start reading that and so forth. Or if the marriage is so bad, then you should give a talaq. And in that way, one talaq, a buy-in you should give. And buy-in means that you can't marry during the iddat. Uh, you, you can reconcile during the iddat. You can reconcile after the iddat expired, but it must be with a new marriage. So talaqul raj'i, you don't need a new nikah. During the iddat, husband can take her back. Quran says that, وَبُؤُولَتُهُنَّ حَقُّ بِرَدِّهِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ تَرَادُوا إِسْلَاحًا But remember, if it's talaq ba'in, then whether it's during the iddat or after the expiry of the iddat, in all cases, a new nikah is needed and your father and them have to give permission or your uncle or whoever. So it shows that that is a very difficult decision as well because you can be compromised the second time, third time. So therefore, we need to come out clear and explain to people so mashallah that that will be our answer on this situation now what do you do make istikhara that should you keep this wife or shouldn't you keep this wife make ta'aleem take riyadu salihin and the translation is there in English in German in various various languages and dialects so inshallah once you read it then it will refresh in your iman and increase your Islam and your faith inshallah so start when a girl's husband passes away is it a must that she does her iddat at her parents' house? I've noticed that these days some girls, they stay at their mother-in-law's house and some girls don't even do a proper iddat. They say that they have to go out to work after two to three months to start. Yeah, there are three scenarios. Scenario number one is this. Husband passes away. So that lady there is wajib, first compulsory upon her. She must sit in iddat. And whether she's a young lady or whether she's an old lady, whether she is Hanafi, Shafi, Hanbali, Maliki, whatever, so all of them have to sit. And you count from time of death, 130 days, 130 days. And remember, whether you look at your Islamic calendar, Gregorian calendar, everything will work out the same. So there is no difficulty on that. Now you must remember this, the lady, the widow, where must she stay? So she must stay in a matrimonial home where she used to stay with her husband. But if that area is a farm or is not safe, Allah forbid somebody might come and even rape her, the widow, and so many things happens nowadays in South Africa, Allah forbid. So in a case like that, for safety concerns and reasons, she can leave, you must remember, that her matrimonial home and go stay with the father or go stay with the mother. So that's her prerogative and option. And another issue here will be sometimes people got 90, 100, 150, 200 million and suddenly death comes, the whole empire crumbles. So you must understand that Almighty Allah, Jalla Allah, gave us all these things there, His bounties out of His fadl and grace and mercy. So that is what we are saying in these situations here. So number one will be that when this person here, that you want to get married, 
married and so forth. So always see what is your intention regarding this issue. So Ustad, I'm leaving for my first Umrah in a week, inshallah. I would like to do Isai al-Sawab for my marhum family. How do I do this whilst I'm in the Mubarak land, Ustad? Yes, every tawaf you make, you make intention for your parents, you make intention for your uh, family, you make intention for the Ummah, and all that is permissible. You don't have to confine it to one person. You say, Ya Allah, I'm performing this Umrah, I'm performing this tawaf, nafil tawaf, and so forth and so on. So remember all that is permissible and for the entire ummah and if you look at you know our the latest magazine the muslim woman you will find there the all the fatwas and verdicts is dedicated to nikah nikah you spell n-a-n-i-k-a-h n-i-k-a-h not double k is not nikah the word is nikah so you will find all the fatwas there as well regarding this so it's a straightforward thing brother your umrah your tawaf whatever make intention from nabi adam alayhi salam right the the last child to be born and pass away with Iman and Islam, everyone will receive the optimum maximum reward. My sister-in-law is very envious. So she makes up stories and says we didn't greet her. Can't she greet us, Ustad? So remember that such people are troublesome people. You must read Surah 29, verse 30. Surah 29, Surah Ankabut, verse 33 Rabbin sarsurni alal qawmil mufsideen Ya Allah, that help me against these troublemakers, mischief makers. So when you see her, just make salam and carry on because they are the people, they want to cause you harm with their evil eye, with their jealousy and envy. So qul mutu bighayithikum Die with your anger, die with your rage and fury. So that should be our response and we should be ambassadors of Islam and people must know when they see us they are looking at a Muslim so that will be our function whether it's now end of the year or starting of the year so that is what we must do listen to this one Ustad uh, uh, Muftisab hope you well we are joining the program my cousin's wife is on a dating app and she says that her husband don't give her attention so she can go on a dating app I told my cousin and he said it's okay for her to, to date it's his wife and why am I jumping is this right Ustad? All absolutely haram. When does Ummah gets involved in all this haram, then you understand why there is so much adab and so forth. And then the people they go to also are total jahil, ignorant people. They themselves are totally astray and they lead others astray. Quran Karim states, Do not even go and approach and go near zina, fornication, adultery. And it is something obscene and indecent. But now they want to promote it. Say, no, that I'm married, my husband has lost interest in me, so let me go to a dating app and then I'll meet Tom, Dick and Mary, Harry, Tom, Dick and Mary, and whoever else, and then we will chat and he will touch me, maybe smooch me and all these things. So no, as long as we're not committing zina, the actual act, remember that, so then it's fine. So that is the figment of of their imagination which shaitan and lucifer has put in their heads the quran sharif stay 
states, "Wala taqrabu zina." Don't even go near it. Habibuna sallallahu alaihi wasallam speaking about a strange man with a strange woman. La yakhluwanna rajulun bimraatin illa wa illa wa shaitanu salisuma. So whenever there's a strange man and strange woman in a place like how you are speaking now, when they go on a date, they're alone in the hotel or in the wherever restaurant or whatever you. So, but the third party will be Lucifer, will be Shaitan. So therefore, we must be very, very clear on these issues. What you are suggesting is absolutely and totally haram and not permissible. Somebody says, Ustad, is it okay uh, f- fights with the husband because he talks to his kids? A mother-in-law communicate to the ex-wife. Is that a problem? She's demanding talaq, saying she can't find better Ustad. Remember this, yeah, is a case of overreach. So remember this, that is a husband, there's a wife, and there might be a child or no child, no children. So now you, husband, you must cement your marriage with your wife. You, wife, you must cement your relationship with your husband. And you, mother-in-law, stay out. Don't poke your nose in their business. You can't command the daughter-in-law, do this, do this, do this. Once in a while, you tell her you want a cup of tea or something. That's fine. But daily, you use her, tell her she's like a slave and she must work for you and she must work for the husband and so forth. So that's haram in Islam. Islam does not allow these type of things here. When people are doing as a favor, so now you must remember the daughter-in-law is doing the mother-in-law favor and it's not something Islam says is compulsory. So there are sons, there are daughters, it's compulsory upon them and not upon, you must remember, the other lady and so forth and so on. So therefore, once you understood that, then all the problems will be solved. But today people don't want to understand it because of hidden agenda and sinister motives and so forth. Somebody says, uh, Monana, it's raining in KZN, and I can't pick up Merkaz Sahab on the decoder or on the uh, garden radio, Ustad. Yes, maybe because of the rain or so forth, maybe just walk around and move around and see. Maybe you can catch us online, but sometime when it is raining, then there are certain problems, you must remember, because that is beyond our control. You know, with satellite, it depends a lot on the weather. So it just depends where you are, and maybe it's not the best of areas, and therefore you can't pick us up. I see Anonymous says that today Mufti up love is blind. I did get divorced, not listening to my parents. I bite myself on my foot, but I still can't get over him, Ustad. Love is blind. Am I wrong for thinking like that, Ustad? Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala, sent Mustafa, Habibuna, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, as Rahmatulil Alameen, the only mercy to the creation from the creation and makhluk. Wama arsalnaka illa rahmatulil alameen. Surah chapter 21, verse 107. Then what happens? When we were in school, primary school, 50 years ago, 55, 59 years ago, so what would happen? Then the Christian teacher, Christian ma'am, and them, they would teach us, you must remember certain sayings and what have you. So they say that, remember what they would say, love is blind. They would say love is blind. He Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Hubbuka shayyu'mi wa yusim. Love is blind and deaf. Love is blind and deaf. 
That is what Islam teaches us. So now your parents told you not to get married, but you say, no, you are old-fashioned and I will do it my way and so forth. Those parents of yours were crying on your wedding day because they knew that you are a child who is rebellious, who is disobedient, and now you got divorced. You maybe came with a parcel and you're pregnant or you got a child already. So all this inconvenience going to cause to who? To your parents because of your own pride and arrogance. Remember the Quran Sharif speaks a lot about sabr and so forth. But remember the same Quran Sharif also tells us Wama Asabakum Musibatin When calamities befall you is because of your own deeds and your own actions. So you wanted it, so better go back home and remember the best you can hope for is that make dua and all Allah make things easy for you. Well, it's exactly now uh, 21 minutes to 12. We'll go for an interval, inshallah. When we come back, we will continue with the bliss of marriage. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Well, it's uh, 18 minutes uh, to 12, uh, 0847863132. Uh, international overseas listeners, plus 27847863132. There's a sister saying here who started, I am a plus size woman with thyroid problems to start. When my husband saw me before marriage, he had no problem with my weight. Now he calls me uh, derogatory names, refuses to come near me and says, my body disgusts me. Uh, disgusts me. He says he is more attracted to my father's money. What do I do, Ustad? Remember that these are certain things that are beyond your control. You say you were already overweight before the nikah when he came to see you and now after marriage, sickness and so forth, maybe child, children also. So now your body blew up more and now you've gone more overweight. So therefore he feels totally turned off and he calls you derogatory names, little Lotta and what have you, that you are so fat and what have you. So in a case like that, you must tell him that when he falls ill and something happens and so forth, you don't say that you are disgusted and so forth. You still try and help him, you will give him medication, you will rub off rub the, you know, Vicks and whatever he requires and so forth. So it's a two-way show. Tell him that when he falls ill and if you have to make all these remarks, then how will he feel? So he's just looking for excuses. And then he says that about your father's money. So this is what becomes apparent. He didn't marry you for Jamal. He married for beauty. He married you for Namal. He knew your family have a lot of assets, million year, million day million there and now when your father passes away you will you the daughter will inherit and he will then manipulate you and make big big eyes and try and blackmail you and then he will buy a car he'll buy a house he will do this he will do that so the intention itself was tainted polluted from day one my advice to you sister start the alim in your house 
Turiyadu Salihin, Fazaile Amal of Hazrat Sheikh Hazrat Mohana Zakaria, Rahimamullah, make dua to Almighty Allah and daily ta'aleem, five minutes, ten minutes. Inshallah, the status quo will change and things go, things will go from better to best, you know, from good to better. And it won't be going from bad to worse. Rather, it will go in the positive direction if you do things regularly and punctually. Ustada, my friend received a proposal from a man who lives with three of his married brothers and all sister-in-laws share one kitchen. Is it advisable to accept this proposal, Ustad? Definitely not. You must remember this. They will be skopskit and donor sooner or later. That something will blow up and so on. If you want to accept it, tell him from day one. Yes, I can consider it, but you show me a different house, separate house, separate kitchen, separate bedroom, separate bathroom, all these amenities and faculties I must have, then we can talk. All this business, we all stay in one house, and then in one kitchen, and then everybody, you must remember, is going to cook, and then something goes wrong, they all will be on your throat and shouting you, so bad, bad option that is. So to this zamana, it doesn't work also, 80%, 90% of the time, so give them their privacy, and that will be the best, whether it is an outbuilding, or whether it's a flat or whether it is a house or whatever else inshallah hmm. I see the sister she's crying she says uh, Mufti Saab I was a widow who remarried a divorcee I looked after him and his teenage children for six years only to get a talaq as he is getting back together with his ex he says it's for the kids I am so hurt and heartbroken and our sister Ustad So let us look at this scenario. Your husband passed away, sister. This person divorced his wife. He had children from that wife. And now he was married to you. So he was the person who divorced his wife. And you are the one who lost your husband. And then your love for six years. You treated him. You treated his wife. (laughs) Sorry. You treated him, you treated his children, all worth, you know, sincerity. So all that reward will come to you. It was not compulsory for you to look after his children, but from the goodness of the heart you did it. So now you must remember that he had his fun and games with you and so forth. So you'll say, now, no, we're going to reconcile. He will go back to his first wife and he will live with her and so forth. So in a situation like that, the best thing for him was he should maintain you, keep you. He stayed with you for six years. You stayed with him. According to your question, there don't seem to be major problems between you and him. Thereafter, then he wants to reconcile with his ex-wife because he gave her one talak or two talak. So that is fine. We can't prevent him from that. But then he should have kept both the wives and exercised justice. That is what Islam will say in a case like that. Anyway, he made you cry. He they oppressed you, he transgressed and encroached on your rights and so forth. So now you are a Mazluma, you are an oppressed person, and he's the Zalim, he's the oppressor. 
Habibuna Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ittaqi da'wat al-mazloom, beware of the dua, the bad dua, and the bad dua and supplication of the person who is oppressed. Falaysa baynahu wa baynallah hijab, between him and Almighty Allah. Remember, there's no veil, there's no curtain. So keep on turning to Almighty Allah, Jalla wa Surah 8, Surah Anfal, verse 70. When there is goodness in your heart, you got Iman, you got Islam, you got Ikhlas, you got all that, Almighty Allah will give you somebody something better than the one that was snatched away from you. So imagine what great promises Allah Ta'ala is giving you. So may Almighty Allah alleviate your plight, make it easy, read Ya Wadud, Ya Wadud, and inshallah. Allah, things will come right with the grace and mercy of Almighty Allah. Amin, 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 amin. So if I tell my wife that if she goes to our neighbor's house, then we divorced. When I go to work, Ustad, she goes to my neighbor's house, but doesn't tell me about it. Are we divorced, Ustad? Yes, 100% the divorce takes place. It's called talaqul mu'allaq. You suspended the talaq on a certain speech or certain action. You made it clear to her if she goes to the neighbor's house, she'll be talaq. You went to work, she went there, and she thought she'll get away, but then she had to admit and confess, so whatever you told her. If you told her if you go to the neighbor's house, one talaq, then one talaq takes place. If you say two talaq, then two talaq takes place. If you say three talaq, all three talaq takes place. There's no difference of opinion on all these issues here, so the talaq will definitely take place. She is your wife, and remember that what happened was you made talaqul mu'allak. You suspended the talaq on something, and that something occurred and took place. Hence, the talaq will take place as well. Allah, Jalla wala, protect us. And don't look for loopholes now. In the very text and context of talaq, Quran says, وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا Do not make and take the signs of all Allah, Jalla wala, as a symbol, as a sign, and you know, and a mockery. So you don't take the signs of Almighty Allah and make it into a mockery and ridicule it, belittle it. So all that is haram, and sometimes can lead a person to go right out of Islam and mm. exit Islam. Allah Jalla protect our iman and our Islam. Listen to this one, Ustad. Uh, a mother is promoting condom culture to her children because she says she don't want problems with children becoming pregnant. Please advise respective Muftis of Ustad. Remember such a mother will lose her iman <laughs> when she is instead of teaching, you know, character, haya, shame, modesty, morality. So she wants her children must lead a promiscuous lifestyle. They can just go and park anywhere, park in the parking, park in the loading zone and so forth. And then Quran speaks of the Surah 24, Surah Nur, verse 26. Al-Khabithatu lil-Khabithin, wal-Khabithuna lil-Khabithat. For the impure, immoral woman will be the impure, impure and immoral.
immoral man. And for the immoral, impure man, they will be the impure woman. So now you as a mother, you're promoting the condom culture. So imagine all the sins is coming upon you because why? You are the one promoting it. Mm. Quran Karim states, Wala ta'awanu al-ismi wal-udwan. Never ever cooperate in sin and transgression and that is what you are doing. So mother, remember this fear. We don't say you're already out, but we will say this fear that you are you are skating on thin ice and you can fly and exit Islam totally with this crazy policy of yours and you're making your children and grandchildren khabis and khabisa. So which mother, grandmother wants their daughter, their son to become khabis and the shaitan and the lucifer's agents? So, but this is the reality we see nowadays. Allahumma hassin farji. Oh, Almighty Allah, protect my private part. We all should be reading that abundantly. Husa, there's a sister says that she's 48 years old. Uh, she was married, but of course divorced currently. She is getting proposals, but she's refusing all of them because she says she wants somebody younger than her between the age 25 to 30, 31, 33. She wants to know, is it wrong or right? Just tell me from Quran, is it wrong or right? She wants someone young. She's 48 years old. Start. Yes, it is right. You can do that. There's no prohibition. But the thing is this, you will be happy. Is your father, is your family happy that you reconcile? Is the boy, I got Suleiman Esop here. We tell him he has a lady here. She's 48 years old. She's divorced. Maybe mm. she got one, two children. We don't even have to ask him. He'll just say straight away, no, because he's 35 and he wants a girl, a lady who's younger than him, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. Now you went and you far above him, 35, 48, so many years difference. So you will not be interested at all. So similarly, how you feel what you are doing is right. And it is right to a certain extent. Then you must remember he also, the person who promised to marry you, when he started making more investigation, then remember that. So he understood that you know what you are doing is totally wrong and so forth. So therefore, sister, my advice to you, forget all these big, big specifications and say, Ya Allah, let me get married to a salih person, a person who's pious, a person who has taqwa and piety and so forth, rather than saying he must be 25 and 28 and 30 and 31 and 32 and I'm 48 and so forth. These youngsters, they run tricks around you, you won't even know. You must remember <laughs> that with their cell phone and so many things there so therefore sister your argument I don't buy it I don't agree with it so you must read two rakat salat daily and read Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrat a'yun Ya Allah grant us as spouses and Ya Allah grant us as children and progeny get the coolness of the eyes I see Haji Suleiman Esop says that uh, he wants somebody younger Ustad and the ages between 25 to 30 as well Ustad yes that's what I mentioned so now this lady is overqualified you see <laughs> Suleiman Mot- once underqualified and she is now overqualified yeah so therefore we told him we don't have to even ask Suleiman Mota and we already disqualified Ustad I've got a real sister Ustad she says could you please explain why wudu is not complete what nail polish 
My husband likes it, Ustad. So your husband likes it, but all my Allah dislikes it. Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam dislikes it. So Islam means we must submit, surrender to all my Allah. To Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Lovingly, willingly, sincerely And if you are doing something That is against Islam Then you can't say no My husband likes it And this one likes it And so forth So remember the water does not penetrate through That is no Q-tex and nail polish And what have you so use what Islam taught us. And what is that? So that is a henna. That is your mehendi. And that is sunnah for the nisa and for the Muslim woman. Not only in nikah time, but other times as well. You can, you know, use the mehendi and henna and so forth. So that will be the sunnah for ladies. So that is what you should understand. And always promote Islam. And not get good carried away with the herd mentality. Mm. So those are the children of Lucifer, he leads them astray, and there's no shortage of people looking for, for you know, loopholes and shortcuts. Hmm. The brother says that can two wives live in the same house? As I can't afford a separate house for my second wife, and she is uh, pregnant with this up. Now it's becoming a problem to both of them. Can we come? Can you just advise both of them? Can I come and see you, Stad? No, you can't come and see me. We told you a hundred and one times for you to take a second wife was not permissible because you don't have the financial means. Now you just go and park, get busy with the first one. She has two, three, four children. Now you bring new one and you can't do justice and so forth. Now you say, no, you want to come see me. See me and do what? Yeah. I will just tell you, Quran says, Surah 4, verse number 3. When you cannot do justice, this, you fear it, then just stay with one wife and so forth and so on. And that way there all Mahdi Allah will give you barakah. But you don't want to listen, so now can they stay in one house? They can stay in one house, but you must give both of them separate bedrooms, separate bathrooms, separate kitchen, all that there. Then only will it be permissible. Otherwise you will be encroaching on their rights <laughs> and you will be depriving of their rights. And that is where we stand nowadays. 80% of the husbands, they don't fulfill. So the real justice which they're supposed to do between two, three, four wives. Just one more question, Ustad. Somebody says that Mufti AK, if a man doesn't perform or in, in intimacy relation, is it permissible for the man to take medication to boost him, Ustad, when it comes with his wife? Not permissible. There today people want to take this tablet and this tablet and this injection. Most of the time they don't use it for the husband, they don't use it for the wife, they go use it in haram places, haram things. They go to the prostitute, they go to the street lady, they go here and there. And all this here has bad effects. One month it will work, six months it will work, and after that you'll be a hapa six forever. So brother, just forget all these things here. <coughs> you must rather make dua, drink zamzam water, eat dates, and inshallah Allah Ta'ala will give you more kuwatebah. You call it kuwatebah. <laughs> kuwatebah means then you will be able to perform, and inshallah Allah will make things easy for you Amin. and for your wife. Allah Jalla Wala accept us all. Ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.